We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're talking Drake London and Traylon Burks. How did their rookie season stack up and what do we think about them moving forward? You're going to find out with Curtis and Dave on Rotoviz Radio. What's up, Rotoviz? Welcome in to the Road of His Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Curtis Patrick, joined by Dave Cabin, and we're continuing our look back at some of the top rookies from the 2022 uh, rookie draft class. It's it's like the postmortem on their season, man. How do they stack up? How do they look? You know, versus other rookies in the last decade or two. What are we doing with them in dynasty moving forward? We've got to get all this stuff in line before we really hone in on, hey, our 2023 startup draft strategy and, you know, what are we doing with our rookie picks um, this year? You know, you, you've got to go back and go through this process in order to, you know, kind of update all your sensibilities about, you know, playing Dynasty. Like, it is a game that ties year to year to year, but each year, you know, there is that redraft level of, uh, or a redraft element to it of, I still want to own the right players to win the trophies this year. Uh, and so I think this is extremely useful from that perspective. Um, Dave, you excited to talk more about one of these guys or the other? I'll let you pick where we go first. Well, you know, I mean, when you're coming off of an episode where you got to talk about Garrett Wilson, it's hard to, (laughs) yeah, it's, it's hard to decide here, but let's just start with Drake London. Um, and, and this is interesting, right? Because heading into the season, or, uh, you know, like coming out of rookie drafts, I think London and Burks for many people had separated themselves. So it's interesting that we're now going to be reviewing both of them here after having talked about two other wide receivers. But the thing is, they still have fairly compelling results. So we're going to follow the same format that we did earlier in the week. Let's start off with Drake London. We're going to look at where he finished in comparison to the 339 other wide receivers that end in our sample, where I was looking at uh, players in their rookie year that had 25 or more targets. Now, London did see more than four targets 
per game. Actually, 4.1. That's 39 among players in this sample. In terms of targets, London finished with 6.8 per game. That's 51st. Uh, His yards per game get him in a pretty similar range. He actually finished with 46.6, which is 82 touchdown per games. uh, One of his better metrics finishes in at 119. But where he really stands out, Curtis, is if you look at target market share. He had a 29% target share the only player that we have seen since 2000 that played a larger role in his team's wide receiving game was Anquan Bolden back in 2003 uh that's a great soundbite man that's a great soundbite we should uh we should repurpose that for something that's (laughs) I mean that's the type of thing that's exactly the type of or the reason why you do this exercise you know because I think it's pretty common you know, for people to view Drake London's rookie season as a disappointment because, you know, it was just, it was really the the games where it was exciting other than week two, it took until like the very end of the season. And, you know, you've had all these games that have stacked up of London scoring like seven or fewer PPR. And, you know, what did I do? I drafted him over Garrett Wilson, or I, you know, drafted him above Kenneth Walker. What did I actually get here? And so, Man, that is something to hang on to. Uh, that that usage in year one, because you know the team relying on him in su- to such a high degree, you know he could take a massive leap forward uh, just by improved quarterback play without a change in his role. Certainly, and the other thing that kind of is in lockstep with that is he actually finished twenty third in targets among players mm-hmm. in twenty twenty two. So it's not just the fact that you know perhaps. Atlanta didn't pass that much. And, you know, he was the only option there. Uh, You know, he was 23rd in targets and also 214 in fantasy points over expectation per game, which just demonstrates if he can iron out some of the issues that he may have had, you know, early on, um, if that offense can do some things to put him in a slightly better situation, you could be looking at some pretty significant improvement maybe more like what we saw in their week 18 game with Tampa Bay, where he put up 18 points that week 16 matchup with the Ravens. And when you look in the road of his screener, you pull some of those key stats that you'd be concerned with and you run them through a similarity search, looking at other wide receivers year one, the group of players that he matches with, This is not as great of a list as what we saw for Wilson or Olave, but it definitely has some really exciting names in there. And I think it to the point that you made earlier where it would be easy to view this season as a bit of a disappointment and to let that kind of cloud your picture of London moving forward. We got to keep in mind that he was still a rookie this year. And when you see some names that he draws the similarity search with here. I think people will be surprised. So the first name, Kendall Wright, Darnell Mooney, Amon Ross St. Brown, Brandon Ayuk. Then we get to some guys that had a lot of seasons of good fantasy production. Jeremy Macklin, Andre Johnson, Rod Gardner, Calvin Johnson, Devonta Smith, Cooper Cup, Stefan Diggs, Donnie Avery, Jarvis Landry, Doug Baldwin, 
Deontay Johnson. I will stop there and let yeah. you react. But that, I think, is a very encouraging list. Yeah, I mean, there's way more hits than misses there in terms of, uh, I mean, at minimum, multi-year fantasy relevance, even if you take out, you know, the elite guys, you know, anytime you're pulling Calvin Johnson, Andre Johnson, you know, these Hall of Fame level talents in, <laughs> you know, that's exciting. But, you know, that wouldn't be the probable outcome for right. a guy like London. But it's nice to know that it's in, you know, maybe in the range of outcomes based off of players who've had similar year ones to him. Um, you know, when I'm, th th I think the end of the season target market share at 29% is really interesting. But when you look at the consistency from week to week too, I think it does align with some of the guys that maybe were team alphas that you were reading off more so than the team number twos yeah. in terms of how we need to project London uh, moving forward. There's only four games this year where London didn't have at least 20% of the team's target market share. And, and he had several games that were just like really through the roof. In week two, 48% team target market share. Weeks three and four, 32 and 39% uh, team target market share. He had another week with 31, 42, 50%, uh, three games with uh, 28 or 29%. I mean, he really was the focal point of the passing offense, you know, in all but just a couple games. And I think one of the games where he was under 20% was one of those games where Cordero, uh, Cordero Patterson blew up as a receiver. Yeah. Uh, because the offense wasn't moving the ball. So it's really just, you know, it was a situational um, advantage type thing, a specific weekly team matchup thing. And they were finding success another way. So, yeah, I mean, before really doing this episode, you know, I've, I've got London ranked right in there, uh, you know, with some of the guys that we've been talking about, about half a tier lower. But, you know, I think this is a good accountability uh, check for me because, you know, when you've got a, when you've got a role like that, and you're pulling the type of year one Sims um, like he's pulling and the Falcons have really nowhere to go, but up at quarterback. I mean, geez, it's, you know, it's hard to kind of not be excited about what the next step would look like for him. Um, especially if, if they, you know, if they were to go get a veteran, not that's not a developmental guy. And then you get Kyle Pitts also active and then teams have to decide who they're going to pay attention to. <laughs> I mean, the, the offense could become, you know, next level explosive just in one off season. Yeah. And the thing I want to point out here too, is that Kyle Pitts, obviously his not being available for some of these games does raise the targets that were going to go to London, but he did play through week 11. So, you know, you have significantly more than half of the uh, games going into that target share number that we mentioned uh, being games shared with Pitts. So, Great stuff there for London. Traylon Burks, I may have overhyped a little bit with some of the excitement <laughs> that I had from London, but oh, we are gonna break that down uh, here. So let let's let's do a drop. You know, let's just forget about London. Let's start focusing on Burks. Okay, so Traylon Burks. In terms of receptions per game, finishes down with 2.9. That's 134 out of the 339. Targets per game, he had 4.8. This positions him down in the range of 161, where he did do a little bit better than those numbers 
uh, would have you think is in terms of yards per game, you can see that he was actually fairly efficient as he comes in at 105 overall with 42 and a half touchdowns per game, very low. And then unfortunately, the target market share at just 12% is a lot lower than what we saw when we're talking about guys like Drake London. However, that's still 141. So the long and the short of it, Curtis, is that when you look at those individual stats, he's finishing in the middle of the pack for a rookie wide receiver. I think that overall, that body of work is more disappointing to me personally, uh, especially in comparison to what I thought he might be able to do in comparison to London. Uh, I do think, though, that in some contexts, we might have been expecting too much for most players to be able to come in and just take over what A.J. Brown was doing. There's certain circumstances here um, at play that maybe make his season a little bit more unique than just distilling it down to those numbers. So I'm going to lay this out here and see if after you hear that, you can spin something a little bit more positive uh, than that might feel. I know you like to be the optimist here. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to give up on Traylon. I was super high too, man. You know, I'm not going to give up on Traylon Burks after an injury-riddled rookie season where the team had a lot of uh, quarterback uncertainty and actually injuries yes. across across the line and elsewhere in the receiving core that affected the entire passing game. You know, it's it to, to me, it's like an unfortunate kind of lost season. You know, there were a couple instances where we saw some glimmers of hope. I mean, season basically started, you know, in camp and the beginning of the year as, as badly as it could. Uh, and there's all kinds of warning signs going off, you know, about conditioning and level of preparedness. And I mean, I don't know what the team was trying to spend or the, or the, or the media was trying to spend, but as the season wore on, you know, I think uh, he started to show uh, some of his abilities, even despite the, the limitations in the offense. I, I just go back to 
what was that prospect eval, man? I'm, I'm looking at our prospect box score scout right now. You know, he's, he's a big, fast guy, you know, he's a 225 pound, you know, receiver that runs a, a sub four, six. Um, it, it's hard not to be, you know, excited about that. You know, I'm looking at this list, you know, there's a couple bust, uh, warnings here with Nikhil Harry and Jonathan Baldwin on his first page, but the rest of the first page is great, man. And, and not these guys didn't all smash in the first year. I'm going to read down this list. And then you tell me if you still think it makes sense to, to have an optimistic view for, for Traylon Burks. I mean, Harry, Harry is there. Uh, Kenny Britt uh, is there and Jonathan Baldwin. But then after that, we've got Hakeem Nix, Jordy Nelson, Deandre Hopkins, Brandon Ayuk, Alshon Jeffrey and DJ Moore. I mean, it's, it's a really good list still. I mean, these are all guys that, you know, well, other than Brandon Ayuk, I mean, all these guys weighed at least 210 pounds um, coming into the league. So it's it's big guys. You know, they all run under 4'6". They were all productive. Most of them were young coming into the league. And we saw, you know, varied success, uh, or I guess varied routes um, to success uh, from these guys. You know, uh, Britt, Knicks, Hopkins, uh, Jeffrey and Moore were able to find success a little bit quicker. You know, Ayuk had a pretty rough rookie year too, man. You know, we were kind of excited about Ayuk, but it, you know, it, it didn't really, I, you could argue it still hasn't fully materialized for him in terms of consolidating um, target market share in, in San Francisco because of the competition around it. But, you know, he's now in, you know, he's now in year three before we were really excited about, you know, what he ultimately brought to the table. Jordy Nelson, you know, did emerge a, a little bit earlier, I think in year two or three as a, a touchdown threat, but he didn't start smashing until year, you know, four or five. And that was with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Traylon Burks is dealing with busted Ryan Tannehill and, I mean, future XFL quarterback Malik Willis. I mean, it's, you know, I, I, though I'm leaving the light on for, for Burks for sure. I think he's going to be a really good target in startup drafts. He's probably going to slide behind a lot of this, this year's incoming rookie crop for a lot of drafters. I think it'll be hard to kind of prime away from people who invested in established dynasty leagues, but I think, you know, he's definitely a player to, to select and start up drafts this coming year. And he, he's probably going to be a pretty great value, you know, in, in redraft and best ball as well, because, you know, compared to the other players who have already, you know, been there and done it, you know, you got to squint a little bit and you're taking a little bit of a risk to add a player like Traylon when there's no guarantee that the team will be appreciably better at quarterback um, and, you know, they could be heading into a rebuild and, 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 uh, you know, another rough season. Yeah. I think that um, I largely agree with what you said. And now certainly the, the stats that I read off and where he finished in comparison to those other players, that's not going to get people energized, but I do think that it's worth noting a middle of the road finish here is not something that precludes him from turning things around in year two and being closer to what we thought, you know, he really could look like. That said, when you look in the Rotoviz screener and you look at some of the guys that he matched with, it is a little sobering, but we do see a couple of names of players that um, maybe took a little bit more time to put things together but then did get there. And there's one name in specific that feels like he'd be a good comp. So I'm pretty sure you will call that out when I read through this list. I am going to read all the way down to 20 because player, the 19th player that matches with him is pretty interesting. So you have Nico Collins, Jalen Rager, Darius Watts, Jeremy Curley, 
Didi Westbrook, Mike Williams, Drew Bennett, Paul Richardson, Lavernius Coles, Javon Walker, Emmanuel Sanders, DJ Hackett, Chad Johnson, Kiki Kute, TJ Graham, Sammy Strader, Ruval Martin, Julian Edelman, and Chris Godwin. Yeah, I mean, there's. I think there's plenty to to be excited about um, in that list still, and and I think the way to really, you know, when I use a screener, I still think it makes sense to to adjust for draft position. Sure. Um, early on, you know, Burks Burks is going to get every chance to fail, um, and you know, a name that was a little bit earlier in the list uh, that was a huge disappointment in year one and took a big step forward in year two before becoming a league winner in year three. And then we're going to go back about 18 years or so, but Javon Walker. Yes. Um, Jav- out Javon of Florida Walker state. An- Love Javon Walker. Yeah. That was a name that, that stood out to me there. Uh, he went in a similar area of the draft. He was drafted 20th overall. Uh, Traylon Burks went uh, 18th overall, you know, and I mean, Walker came into the league. People were talking about him being a bust. You know, he had, 23 receptions for 319 yards and a touchdown in year one, despite appearing in 15 games. It feels pretty similar to our situation with Mr. Burks there. And then in year two, he played in all 16 games again. He did improve to a 41-7-16-9 line. Um, so that the touchdowns kind of rearing their head first. And then in year three, just exploded for 89-13-82 and 12. So, you know... Uh, you know, Burks, uh, the knocks that we heard on him from the film guys were that, you know, he was underdeveloped as a route runner. You know, I think everyone was making these Debo Samuel comparisons because it's like, well, just get the ball in his hands. Well, you still have to, like, be able to run standard routes and mm-hmm. get open and develop timing with the quarterback. And, you know, our, our friend Scott Barrett over at Fantasy Points, you know, we were arguing it all offseason in DMs about Burks, and he was – his specific quote was something like Traylon Burks has, you know, a totally fraudulent production profile. It was something to that effect. You know, he's basically just catching, you know, short dump offs and then, and, you know, doing everything after that. And, you know, that coupled with injury. All right. That's, that's fine. I mean, to to me, those are explanations. They're not excuses. It's explanations Mm -hmm. for why maybe we shouldn't have expected a, a year one explosion, but yeah, I'm leaving the light on for this guy. He's just too impressive as an athlete and, you know, this isn't a situation where, you know, he played a ton and and didn't start accumulating some looks, you know, even when he was out there and in a couple instances, he was still recovering from injury and he did have a couple of bright spots. It's not like he totally whiffed in all of his appearances. Yeah. So uh, th- this is kind of the summary I have for him here. I think from a dynasty standpoint, I would have to slate him in, in a tier that's beneath London. He's certainly pretty distanced. Be- oh, for sure. Between Wilson and Olave. Just when you look at things here from the probability and that distribution that you would expect at this point. But what does become very interesting to me is going after Traylon Burks in redraft leagues next year where there could be a pretty big correction. And he is the type of player where if I think if he is going to hit and develop into, you know, the type of player that would be exciting, I think hey, might happen next year. You're getting that reduced cost on him. So I think in both formats, he's actually a fairly interesting name. And, uh, you know, if you're in a startup, you see him slip, you know, he's a guy that has some upside there. So let's let's just do a little exercise to close it out. Yep. Just some practical uh, application stuff here. Yep. Um, and let's put him versus maybe some aging 
wideouts and, and see what you think. Would you rather have Traylon Burks or Mike Evans in Dynasty? Oof. It's a little hard because we don't know what the deal is at the quarterback position right now for uh, Tampa Bay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, tra- I'm going to take Traylon. You're going to take Traylon. Take okay. Traylon. Yep. What about um, Traylon Burks or... Um, Traylon Burks or DeAndre Hopkins? Oof. The, here's, I think the takeaway is that these are very close that I'm having trouble yeah. actually determining it is with the yeah, see, larger so that's, that's context. You know, yeah. you've got to rank it. You've got to rank them below the actual in prime years, guys that have the established roles. Like you can't put them over DJ Moore right now, even though right. he might change teams. You can't put them above. You can't put him above T Higgins, you know, even though if he emerges to be an alpha, he could end up, you know, passing him. You can't do like that type of stuff. Right. But I mean, I don't have a problem with you putting it in front of the guys that are, you know, past age 31 and on their way down, even though they might still be valuable. And I don't have any problem even with you putting them over, uh, you know, similarly aged players that look like they might be stuck more in that perennial wide receiver two area. Yeah. Like if you wanted, if you wanted to keep him, even or above Brandon Ayuk, or even or above Michael Pittman, uh, even or above Terry McLaurin. Like, I'm fine with all of that. He's probably got actually less dynasty value than those guys, but yeah. the takeaway would then be, you know, if you value Burke similarly, you know, you move those guys in those range that, that definitely have more value and you try to get Burke's plus and improve your roster. So we'll talk a lot more about, you know, those types of things uh, in articles on the site. We'll talk about opportunities to trade for players like Burks, maybe even using rookie draft capital. And teaser Dave, by the time we release next week, our Rotoviz fantasy football uh, draft guide presale will be in full effect. And so we'll have to talk a little bit more about that next week too. But you know, that, that that's the thing. It's like you know, we talk about these players. It's not just, you know, what do we think? It's, you know, then then what do we actually go do and what should you go do? So hopefully that's some useful takeaway for the listeners tonight. Thank you for listening to the RotoViz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214. And make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. 